0: Sean, what? This is the cold open, or I guess Wait, it's not a cold oh, no, open. No. I guess it's not a cold open. It's you a, are there is not a theme allowed to say this is the
1: cold open. Well, just so you know that this hours. is what we're doing. So, Sean, the hours I've watched of Saturday Life, Live, sweet Lord Michael's presenting his lovely well, product to us, the American audience. I have never seen Will Ferrell turn to camera. And tell us all, Sherry O'Terry, this is the cold
0: open. I feel like the one after 9-11, they said, this is the cold open. (laughs) Okay, that's the one time. And then they probably did a somber... Uh, musical guest, you know, it's like Don Pardo's, like shedding a tear thinking about those towers. Musical but... guest, I'm crying. Musical <laughs> guest, a television set showing you the bombing. No, I guess it wasn't. No, it's wow. bombings, guys. It's bombings. Wow, yeah. you also
1: bombing this cold open. Okay, James. so Sean,
0: <laughs> yeah. There was, or I mean, there is a movie called Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter, and a quick rundown of it. Jesus Christ needs to protect lesbians from vampires, and he recruits world-famous professional wrestler Santos. Bon Jovi. Oh, never mind. So— During this movie, it's Jesus and Santos fighting vampires to protect the lesbian community. What year Santos are we getting? Oh, well, this is this is an unofficial Santos. This is oh. 2001. So this is Santos with three S's. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it's okay. not, but it's it's portrayed as Santos. We did it for this movie's gay because of, mm. you know, the lesbians. And it, it's a batshit <laughs> movie. It's a writer director team. It is Lee the Farley Brothers. No, ew. It is <laughs> Lee DeMarbre and Ian Driscoll. Okay. I looked into their other movies. Okay. And they got a movie called The Dead Sleep Easy, Sean. Off the top of my head, it sounds like kind of just a fun,
1: real pulpy kind uh-huh. of like, you know. Like like a grindhouse, like it, something oh, you get to the
0: drive-in. Yeah. It is so. It's a Mexican okay. wrestler entangled with the mob seeks revenge after a group of Mexican migrants are massacred in a human smuggling ring. Okay. And there's a, the the lead actor. Oohs. Yeah, is that's, the what, champ. that's what I'm waiting for. It's the champ, Jonathan. John Cena. No, Ian. Hodgkinson, Are a.k.a. You Vampiro. Vampiro, baby. Oh, we got another one to
1: watch. Oh, my God. Oh, tell, so we just recorded. This is a day after. I don't know how they release of the Patreon, straight to Patreon, the Vampiro movie.
0: Sean, technically a day after. Yesterday, we released oh, the perfect. Vampiro. Oh, no. I forgot we do this immediately. Yeah, and so if you, if you heard
1: that, You know how Nicole felt about the last Vampiro movie, but I really think we're going to
0: win her back with this one. Well, she enjoyed from my knowledge or from what she saw of it, Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ, Vampire Hunter, which my brother and sister-in-law fucking love that movie without me even telling them about it like this is they watched it independently and we were talking about like crazy movies to watch and my brother's like oh there's this one you probably haven't seen it called jesus christ vampire hunter and i'm like dude we did that for this movie's gay (laughs) i've definitely heard of that movie i've not seen it
1: but like it's definitely out of all those like sort of fun schlocky type of type of film cinemas like, that's definitely, it's definitely out there. It's definitely, like, uh, it's definitely beloved. Mm-hmm. Yo, so let's see what the fuck that, I just can't wait to see Vampiro some more. Just like these sweet, sweet listeners can't wait to hear about Sweaty Times Pro Wrestling. Sean, you get it wrong every time. It's Sweaty Time. I change it every time, baby. No,
0: you don't, no. it's not effervescent changed.
1: effervescent and liquid like the sea.
0: Effervescence well, isn't,
1: what? welcome to the podcast the podcast for old wrestling fans and new wrestling fans and fans who just want to get down to sounds
0: da- oh okay is- i was like <laughs> down to sounds whatever no we are sounds no. we're waveforms moving in them goddamn ears Mm-hmm. what? Wa- this is uh me and james watching through season one
1: of lucha underground lost lucha underground the faceless heroes and if you're new to this podcast, welcome on in. If you're an old school wrestling fan, that's awesome, so am I. I've been a big time fan for way too much of my life. And if you're here to just clown with the sound, you came to the right place. Hell yeah. We got new fans, we got old fans, we got big fans, we got small fans. We got Ooh. box fans, we got circle fans. Oh damn, we got box cutters. Oh baby, and you're about to box cut up on some underground Fuck, I did not transition to this segment well, but we uh, we have a segment on this show. Box
0: cutters will kill you and put you underground, and we're about to unearth you, baby. That's a that's transition. The this,
1: that's the name of the segment, too. That's yeah. a good transition.
0: Unearth the underground. Yeah, you need to get good at segments. We I know. We need R2 no, Shelby I'm 2 glad. on because R2 is very good at transitions. Listen to the rom-complex. Or formulaic, you suck-a-bitches. Are you ready for Unearth the Underground?
1: I am absolutely absolutely ready for unearth the underground and
0: this one needs to go quick because sean we need to stop recording at four yeah it's fair Uh uh-huh uh-huh so sean uh, when did lucha underground come out Uh, 2014. Okay, well, the year is 2015, and I'm prepping to go to a sold-out show at East Room here in Chicago on September 20th by myself because, ooh, baby, Nicole was like, I don't want to go to a punk rock show. Uh, the, The girl at the punk show. Remember when you said this had to go quickly? It was a punk rock show, as I said. <laughs> Headliner is now self-excommunicated, only to get out ahead of the lured-by-burger-records movement of 2020. Yay yay yay. It sucks because that dude, he put out great music and got me through the best-worst summer of 2013, uh, but it's hard to listen knowing the shit he did, so fuck that dude. Yup. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But yep, yep, yep. However, Jonathan, uh-huh. one great thing that came from that concert, that remember how I said it was sold out? Uh I think it was oversold because it was a goddamn sardine room. You've heard of a of a what kind of rooms can we have? You've heard sardine of sardine room. Yeah, you've heard of East room. Well, this is a goddamn sardine room. <laughs> so, The opening (laughs) band was called Paul Cherry, and they start out with a cover of Cherry Bomb. I could be wrong, though. No Mm -hmm. one challenged me on what came up in the set list and where. This, uh, the lead singer had this like big puffy hair and dressed in a tailored suit covered in classic slot machine cherry icons or a Pac-Man cherries in a remastered update. They weren't like all 8-bit. It wasn't that kind of retro, guys. You could have also just said cherries. It's cherry bomb <laughs> like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sean. Yo. The set is rocking. I'm already on board. But a couple songs in, a man who looks very much like the lead singer comes from a side door that is on the stage that leads outside. He waltzes on stage and gets into a fight over the mic with the lead singer. The wait. The lead singer from the last band. No, no, the, the lead singer from Paul Cherry. All yeah. of a sudden, a man who looks kind of like this lead singer walks on stage and starts getting into a fight. So this outdoorsman who yeah. uh, who just came from this outdoors thing, he boots the lead singer off stage, demands the music stop, then shouts to the band, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I don't have this great of memory. I'm not Mary Lou Henner. Says, what the fuck? I'm walking down the street only to see on the marquee of the East Room, insert headliner here, featuring Paul Cherry. And I'm thinking, I didn't know I had a show tonight because I'm Paul Cherry. (laughs) What? And I come on to see my band playing with an imposter. What in the wide world of evil clones is this fucking concept? He says, but since I'm here and all, let's get to rock and then puts out a fucking show. It, it was like a bit like they started it yeah. with this person who looked very much like him. And then Paul Cherry comes on and I've been a fan ever since. Like I was instantly hooked. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I fell in love. And I ran home, I technically hopped on the 50, went north from Wicker Park and just kept going to wherever my old apartment was. Mm, that's just, I love, I like,
1: I also love how you can definitely, you can see where that bit started. Like that, <coughs> like that was definitely a, this dude looks like me. All right, let's figure something out. Like, that came first. Mm -hmm. Discovering that, hey, you kind of look like me
0: definitely comes first. And then everything else. Unless it was his, like, brother, then it's like, hey, let's just do this. Maybe it was his brother. You never found out exactly? I never found out, but I I did email him to be like, hey, new fan. that I should have read the email, but I was mainly looking to see what date that event was. It was just like, hey, saw you back in September. This is in November. I was like, hey. Oh, and this is when I finally bought on top on Bandcamp. It's great start to finish. You have a really nice sound and looking forward to more. And then I was going to see him live, specifically him, and that's why. And then, like, I talked to him afterwards. Yay. He said, dude, thank you so much for this email. It really made my day. And I, I've, I've had a few of those emails to John Clark Bailey Jr. I sent one after finding his stuff, uh, Wage Slaves, at Quimby. And then he eventually the the he's the one who did the cover art for King Kaiser X. Nice,
1: I think it's another is Mar- the Marty and Sarah podcast. Marty and Sarah love wrestling. Uh, great podcast, but I'm not, I think they, they had like I won't say like a full on like mo- like like promotion or whatever, but they had this thing going for a long time where I'd do it would it would always just be like, hey, reminder: if you feel like reaching out to an artist or performer or just someone you enjoy, feel free to because usually it's. People like to hear nice things, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we all get, like, wrapped up in our own things so often. Yeah. Like, yeah, reaching out and just be like, hey, uh, I saw you the other night. You were really great. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. like, the coolest, nicest, best thing to ever wake up to.
0: Yeah, if you see someone bring out, like, their email address and say, like, hey, send me something go for it as long as it's not a backhanded compliment or a negative thing if you're just like i fucking love you you're good yeah, yeah that's going to make our days yeah obviously
1: mean, <laughs> i mean it's like one of those things like obviously use your brain you big old dumb dums mm-hmm. that's why we're not marty and sarah love wrestling we're fucking edgy but it's so if you if you have the time and and you feel the move to like sometimes you see a wrestler for the first time you go check out their twitter You you want to slide into those DMs? Hey, I never saw you before. I can't wait to see you again. You were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I love what you do. Yeah, yeah. That's really nice.
0: But Sean, back to Paul Cherry. Yes, please. On top, it was released in 2014 by Field Trip Records here in Chicagoland, Illinois. It's a six-track EP digitally, that is. But if you own the cassette like I do... Whoa! Which I believe I got from Brick-A-Brack. Like, I saw it at Brick-A-Brack. I already owned the digital. I was like, I got to buy this. Which I did for... uh, Eventually, we'll, we'll talk about another person later on who did music videos for this person. But... Ooh, foreshadowing. This... Cassette has three more songs on it. It, You'll also get Chelsea the Jealous type, parenthetical is the jealous type, an outro, and a song called Breadstick Ballad dedicated to Olive Garden that came from a back and forth Twitter interaction between Paul Cherry and the garden that ended with him creating this song and receiving a swag bag directly from Olive Garden corporate. Do you hear that? Madison Square Garden. You are no
1: longer the garden. Uh-huh, uh-huh. James has taken that title away from yeah. MSG and given it to the one, the only. And you're here, your family. Yeah.
0: It's the OG garden, the Olive Garden
1: absolutely i'll fucking if you if you meet me at an olive garden i will die for you because Uh you are my family Uh and i uh, don't understand boundaries olive garden is so good guys go there eat fresh eat family james is it real apparent that i'm coming straight off of a meeting i was not prepared for no i feel like i got i got i got loose energy
0: i got like a real like prolapse anus real loose butthole energy well you got i was already gonna say this before you started going scatological but uh i mean you didn't go scatological i was you said you got loose energy i got loose stool okay oh you know what all right let's go back all right this podcast is back on track back on (laughs) track My podcast. (laughs) That's a riff on a later Paul Cherry song. But this EP has a great collection of both upbeat tracks and mellow lounge type songs that would end up being focus, like his focus on later albums. But I highly recommend this and the others. Quick recs on this are Everybody's Burning Out, Hey There Brother, and The Addicts. However, listening to Paul Cherry turned me on to... The directors of his and the producers of his music videos who were done by alt pop mainstays, Dorian Electra and Westo Allen. Check their shit out, guys, especially our musical ode to the clitoris. It is so fucking good. (laughs) The clitoris. It's my anatomy. It's so fucking good. Check out Dorian Electra. Their visuals are so fucking good, guys. Now, James, what's that? Uh, the clitoris. Yeah, is that real? Oh yeah, it was mapped digitally, and it's 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 four times the size that you would have thought it was. It goes oh. inside. It's it's so huge the clitoris.
1: I oh, don't know the problem. The problem if I if I start believing in the clitoris. Like, what? I'm not
0: going to be able to believe in Jesus next? Get out of here. No, Jesus was a big proponent for the clitoris.
1: What? Hold
0: on. Jesus ate out so much. Holy shit. That's why he was always on his knees. He wasn't washing feet. That was like, he would show like feet being scrubbed, but really, he was munching down on some clit. Yeah, just like we're munching down on some great fucking wrestling this week. Oh, and Sean, you know how like people say like do the alphabet. This is a real quick thing. Uh Jesus would um, do like ancient runes to bless their vagina.
1: (laughs) I like that. It's not a miracle. He's performing. He's essentially performing like level seven wizardry in Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. Yeah.
0: I buy that. Wait, oh, yeah, ninth level. I was going to be like, does it go up to seventh level spells? But ninth, I know, is the biggest. Yeah, you fucking
1: nerds. We know what we're talking about. Don't you come at me. Uh Don't you you dare come at me unless we're in the Olive Garden, in which case you do whatever you need to do to my body. I will give everything for my family. Bust out the Coronas, baby. Yeah. I'm
0: Diesel AF. I'll cast a ninth level Blight on your ass. I'm gonna hang out with Ludacris. Dang, what? <laughs> Where did that come from?
1: Uh, Fast and the Furious. Oh, okay. Uh, did listen, you say Fast and the
0: Furious? I
1: think I referenced Family and Coronas. Oh, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. I'm not saying it wasn't a leap. Uh, and that's the end of that. <laughs> it was a big old. It was a
0: big old leap. You want to know what else is a big old leap? Fucking Phoenix, baby. That. Beautiful high flying bastard. Or Johnny Mundo from that when he jumped from the ropes onto the ladder. Yeah, or, or super Frogger. Frogger. <laughs> but one of these things was not in the episode. I guess he does little leaps. He does little leaps. Little Frogger leaps a of little faith. Leaper. Or a leap. Frogger, Frogger believes in Jesus. Oh my yeah. God. Remember when Seinfeld did the Frogger? Yep. God. And thank you for
1: listening. <laughs> I did close it here. That's the podcast. We ask you
0: one thing. Maybe you remembered this. Remember when they were like, hey, it's 10 cents. It's only 5 cents in New York, so let's use, uh, let's f- do two federal crimes?
1: Yep. In thank Seinfeld? you for listening to Sweaty Times Pro <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's Sweaty Times Pro Seinfeld. Oh, my God. You're Pro Whoops. Seinfeld, I hear. Oh, I've always been pro Seinfeld. Uh-huh. I mean, because he didn't have sex with the teenage girl he dated while she was in high school and he was 30 something. Isn't that cool that he got to date a high school girl and was still fucking Seinfeld? I hate I hate comedy. I really do. I hate everything I hate comedy. I hate pop culture. I hate Burger Records. I hate I, I hate everything except the Olive Garden. Thank you to the Olive Garden, the OG Garden, fuck Madison Square, fuck the Knicks, fuck
0: WrestleMania. It's all about the temple, baby. Yeah, you're you are pro Jerry Seinfeld. I'm pro Orney Adams.
1: <laughs> How's he
0: doing? I don't know. I guess he—he's uh, b- best known for his role as Coach Bobby Finstock on the MTV uh, series Teen Wolf. He finally got out of the shadow of of that dude of the
1: the documentary comedian. Yeah, that was uh that was, that was one of those. Ones, I remember seeing that at, uh, when I was in high school and being like, so like, oh my god, comedy! The world of comedy. I love comedy, but I never like really thought to go back and like. I feel like they
0: buried Orney Adams like. Probably unfairly. No, 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 I mean the community at large did. I remember him being on probably Scar <gasps> Bro Country talking about it. Of the documentary made him kind of a like secondary focus. He didn't want to, be, like, he didn't ask for that. But people were like, oh, "Why aren't they?" T- it's it's like fucking people with Halloween ends. Hey guys, possible Halloween ends spoilers. Skip forward. Do you care if I spoil Halloween ends? I do not plan on seeing this film. Okay. So it is an exploration of generational. Uh, yes. That's okay. That's better. Of generational uh, woes and evil pretty much. It's mm-hmm. Showing like evil can be passed down and people are like, I can't believe it got supernatural in here. Fucking the first movie is supernatural. I don't care how strong you assholes are. If you get shot like five times and stabbed multiple times, you've been running in a jumpsuit all goddamn night. You are going to die when you fall off from a two-story banister. I don't care. It's supernatural. Oh, my God. And then, oh, the boogeyman is he dead. He is the boogeyman. It's supernatural. So. Them say – so, like, (laughs) in this new movie – People would have been pissed if Mike Myers didn't die in the end. They would have been like, I thought it ends. But now they're pissed because he does die in the end. But, oh, we only saw him for like 7% of the movie and he's a weak man. Yes, he's 70-some years old. Of course he's going to be weak. Because then, oh, if he was strong and overpowerful, like, oh, I don't know, Halloween fucking kills. Oh, he's a 70-year-old man. Oh, why is he so strong? Oh, I, I know my dad. He's pretty strong. And he can beat up other dads at 72, but he'd never be able to murder 20 people when there's an entire riot. And it's still supernatural in that movie because people shot him with a shotgun point blank and then beat him with pipes and he's still living. And of course, he's going to be weak. He's been in a sewer sleeping on cement for three years. So... Yeah. He gets evil. (laughs) Like, this other person named Corey, who, like, they kill a kid right in the beginning. And Nicole, we joked. We were like, oh, like, it would be, like, really funny. Or, like, oh, like a big fuck you to people who didn't like Halloween kills. They start it right away with killing a child. That's how it starts. So, it's an accident. This kid is then, like, branded as a monster for accidentally killing this child.
1: So, He, he... Okay, uh he walk hard he Dewey Cox walk hard to His uh yes. I'm assuming
0: it's his brother or something. No, no, okay. no he this kid Corey, he's like 20. Or like a late teen, early 20s accidentally kills someone he's babysitting. But this this little shit had it coming because he locked Corey in this uh, attic space and he's like, open up, open up. So he like kicks the door down and the door hits the kid. He falls off like a like the third floor. Also, like it's kind of the house's fault. Okay, this is house third story. Okay,
1: it really goes to prove there's such a fine line between Dewey Cox yeah. And Michael
0: Myers. Uh-huh. So this this kid ends up, like, getting dragged into the sewer by Michael Myers, and he tries to leave. And Michael Myers, like, tries to choke him out, but, like, they meet in the, each other's eyes, and, like, a transference of evil happens.
1: Okay. They're trading Pokemon cards, but those Pokemon cards are unwanted thoughts.
0: Yes. So. Great. Then the entire movie is about him kind of taking this legacy and killing the people in the town that kind of deserve it. Like they're assholes and have done him wrong and his eyes are dying and he's clearly becoming another boogeyman. And that's the so like people are pissed that like Orny Adams, that it's the Corey story and not Mike Myers. Dude, Mike Myers should die. And that's this Halloween ends is now my it's my favorite Halloween movie. Out of, like, all of the Halloween movies? Yeah. They're... Oh, man. I, interesting.
1: I've seen them all, baby. I almost want to see it. It's so good. The problem is I don't want to see it and then I have to look you in the eyes understanding you. You
0: think this is better than Season of the Witch? I, I will say... Silver Shamrock is a banger. Nicole watched it with me and she agreed. Not that it's the best one, but agrees, like, this movie rocks. My sister... Also agrees it rocks and agrees because I'm like, who does this main character look like? And I'm like, holy shit, this looks like my brother. Then I messaged my sister. I was like, you got to watch this movie. The lead actor is our brother. And then she messaged me back saying, hey, this movie one is gnarly and holy shit, this dude is our brother. Then
1: there was, I, mean, I heard about this, I saw this in the news, there was a screening and your brother was walking by, and for whatever reason, the movie screen was, like, you could see the movie screen from the window, Uh huh. and your brother gets real pissed, he walks onto this, into the theater, doesn't pay for a ticket, walks up to the screen, punches the screen out, he's uh-huh. just like,
0: I walked by and I saw my name on the marquee,
1: <laughs> this is crazy. Here's a song about a clitoris. Yeah,
0: it's, a, okay,
1: let's get into Lucha Underground. okay. <laughs> i know we've gone off the rails when my t- when i drop a tangent and even james is like hold on we gotta get this back on uh, track. No,
0: I, I loved the callback sharna is bowing right now
1: sharna you piece of trash i just found out <laughs> ios coming back
0: well i don't really? know how much i can talk i don't know how much i
1: can talk about i'm sure it's somewhat public but yeah no sharna that's good that's great yeah i have a friend who's uh working with them to bring it back it's matt besser yep my, my dear friend matt besser I'm excited. No, it's exciting. Yeah. If you're in Chicago, support IO. There's no more Sharna. And if you're a Sharna helper the fuck are you doing listening to this podcast?
0: Hey, no, no, no. Keep listening. Just don't That's message true. us. Just keep listening. Please. Please. Listen from multiple devices as well. And hopefully you have multiple iPhones with different Apple accounts. Uh, put reviews five stars on all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you listen to this and review this five. Fuck, James, what's going on? Oh, today we're watching episode seven, season one of Lucha Underground, entitled like Up in the Ladders. Top of the Ladder. All right. Do you call it uh, Upping the Ladders? No,
1: Up in the Ladders. Oh, okay. Close. Yeah. Top of the Ladder is the name of the episode. Top of the Ladder to you, And Top of the Ladder to you, laddie. There is no no dark matches this week. We just get the recap. Good. Uh, This newer, darker Chavo's kind
0: of sexy as hell. He's been hot in this entire thing. He's dude, Chavo's fucking can get it. It's insane how much of a jobber ass he is in WWE in the like late 20s, like late 2000s, 20 early 2020, 2010s. I should just take that entire sentence over again, but I'm not <laughs> well, editing any of it. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, especially
1: when you realize Chavo was um, was part of the Smackdown 6. Are you familiar with that at yes. all? Yes. Yeah, like this is, and I guess a quick rundown if you're not uh when Smackdown Uh, When Paul Heyman took over creatively on the SmackDown show, which was the secondary WWE show, the idea was that he had six great wrestlers who really didn't get a big shot before that he was going to put over. Here are are six guys who should be top stars, pretty much. And they all are. Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Chavo Guerrero was the sixth member of the SmackDown. they were putting a lot of their eggs in the chavo basket but even in wcw
0: i'll drink some stinky eggs in his basket hey yo! god him and his stinky asshole. out of my cloaca not my asshole thank you.
1: all praise cloacism huh.
0: <laughs> i bow uh, thank you i uh, know we, so we heard oh uh, yeah i don't know if people can hear about they can hear a smile but they don't know if we can hear Bao. But uh, Chavo and WCW, even I want to make sure. Sorry, I want to make sure I
1: make this point though. Was always a great hand, like a great worker. One of those guys you could put in a ring with anyone. Like that's the thing. Not just that he looks good, but you could put him in a ring with anyone, mm-hmm. and he's gonna pull a good match out of you. He's a great. He's a great eager hand. He's a very eager hand with fun character stuff. Like I don't know if you've ever seen Chavo Guerrero ride around the ring on a like a like one of those pony sticks. You, you know, it's like a stick and you put a horse head on it. Okay. And you pretend you're riding a horse.
0: I thought you were just mispronouncing pogo stick.
1: No, you know, like, <laughs> like, a, like a pogo stick, but there's no po and there's more no, d. Okay. it's a pogo stick. No go and and why?
0: Yes, you baby. already said that. Okay.
1: No, I said po. I fucked it up the first time and then I fixed it because I'm great. But like Chavo was like Chavo was always kind of just like, I guess you could say in some ways a little bit, a lot of people shadow because obviously not just Eddie, but like Ray uh, and the entire like Billy Kidman in that uh, Cruiserweight division, but like always a very, it's so cool. And it's so cool to see like post WWE Chavo to really like anywhere he goes, it's always a smaller, it's always a smaller sort of federation or a smaller business but chavo's fucking great and mm-hmm. it's like okay yeah we can afford to like really push chavo he's he's such a piece of shit it's phenomenal yeah. he's a great heel and being the first two episodes he's a great baby face people want to cheer for chavo too even in this one they were cheering for him oh yeah we'll get to yeah
0: in the chavo match people fucking love them some chavo sean can i say something real piece quick of trash please in our reoccurring bits i was like what does so a king mean I was like, why did I write down so-a-king? And I was like, oh, soaking king <laughs> I forgot that <laughs> that was part of it. But also, Sean, is, yeah. is, the, is a wrestling ring the biggest snare drum in the world? It's either that or Paul Bunyan's. Okay.
1: Depends. And it depends where you go. Like, I know World of Sports has a smaller ring. British Style has a smaller ring. But usually, yes, it is the largest snare drum in the world. Why do you ask?
0: Oh, it's just uh, when people slam on it, it sounds like a drum. Looks kind of yeah, like I, one too. I would never accuse you of having a high idea, but knowing how you take notes and how
1: you occasionally get yourself a little zooted sometimes for media, I might ac- I might accuse you of being high when you wrote that down.
0: Uh, no, I was very sober. I watched this in the morning. I lost that bet then. Shit. They're hey going to break my legs at the Olive Garden. Have you never listened to Mostly Speak in Sentai? Most of the things seem like high ideas, but I'm <laughs> stone sober.
1: This is very true. I think that was my first impression when I first met you was, this dude's crazy. Let's he, go. D- he tokes that herb. That guy uh, smokes marijuana. Hey uh, and I'm smoking this fucking card.
0: Yes, so the first match were seen like the briefcase is above them the entire time. Yeah. And it would have uh, been very funny if like the direction they took with this episode is it's Phoenix and Superfly. Uh King Cuerdo and Superfly is the go. first match. It would yeah. have been funny if Superfly just like somehow like jumped real good, grabbed the briefcase and ran away with it. That would have been
1: ah. Uh... It's one of those things I get why that that'd be a lot to add to all these matches. And in a way that no one else gets the briefcase, it might like make everyone else look bad if they were trying to go for it. Mm -hmm. That all being said, yo, that would have been a fucking awesome B line, Like like a B plot to this entire running. Like, listen, it's up there. If you can, you still need to win your match. But if you could also grab the briefcase before your match ends, like...
0: I can't stop you. Our main event's fucked, but you just made 100K. Or they team up. It's King Cuerno and Superfly. King Cuerno puts on his, his antlered deer hat, then jumps yep. on the shoulders of Superfly, and then with the antlers kind of like undoes the rope. F- that's tied <laughs> onto the briefcase. It drops down and they run and it becomes like a I'm hunting que no he <laughs> they, They have to get another hunter to hunt the hunted. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. I would have loved that. Or even like if it's just, <coughs> oh my get god, it. I'm
1: dying. I'm so sorry.
0: We're all We're technically like... dying. <laughs>
1: this is true.
0: Or fucking Danny Trejo. Who yeah. is in this episode? I I only have one note about him, and that's in the Chavo match. So we'll I'll get to my thoughts. Okay, and
1: I should say I'm sorry. It's not Danny Trejo. Machete is in the crowd tonight. Uh-huh. They cut to him. He's in the front row. He and, and like this is you see it in WWE too. Someone has something to promote. Oh look, it's the guys from Riverdale. Uh, that show's coming on. You know, see whatever, whatever. You can catch it, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. The problem. They never say when the movie's coming out. Maybe it's already out. They don't really talk much about the movie, but they only
0: refer to him as Machete. Uh, I feel like that came out in like 2009. That's not true. 2010. What the fuck are we doing here? No, he's just a celebrity in the crowd. No, he's... Danny Trejo is a celebrity. They do say Danny Trejo, and then they... Yes, they do. And then they say Machete himself. Okay, because I feel like I've only heard them call him Machete.
1: No, they call him Machete. They may have called. They, I think they might call. Then they probably call him Danny Trejo once. Yeah, and then they refer to Machete like five times throughout the show. Or maybe you're too busy being like,
0: "Oh, wonder what Dan Milzer has to say about this match."
1: Dan Milsur is more like it. He reviews dairy.
0: Oh, he does. Dan Milsur. Yeah. Okay. Metz Milzer Meltzler, What's his What's this chud's name? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm oh just my a bit, god!
1: I'm trying to get on the good side of Dan Milkser so that when my secret uh, milkshake recipe comes out, I get it. I get that golden five star review. The secret is is juice. I use different. I use juice.
0: See, I use breast milk in my shakes. Gross. Yep. Ew. What? No. Never. Blah. <laughs> alicia silverstone hooks me up and i'm like hell yeah dude or wait is alicia yeah.
1: silverstone selling breast milk
0: she is a very big vegan and proponent of th- th- she was trying to sell breast milk ice cream but had issues with it because you can't ship it because it's technically in quotes like bio hazardous not hazardous but like it's bio waste or something it was hard to ship so it kind of put a damper in it and real quick on alicia silverstone watch vamps guys it's so good and it's so cartoonish they they use rats instead of eating humans they they use rats as capri sons. they like just poke <laughs> a, a, a straw a in straw, it yeah. it's very funny
1: Oh man, I'm I can't believe I've never heard of that movie. I must have been real clueless.
0: Uh huh. Boom scaboom scaboom skaboom. Written by the same Amy Heckling. Nice. Wait,
1: who who also wrote Clueless? She yeah. wrote Vamps. Nice. Yep. Clueless is a real. Clueless is like a solid flick, man. I feel like every time I come back to that, I expect it to not be to not hold up,
0: mm-hmm. and it always holds up a little bit better than I thought it would. So it's, I described Vamps as amy heckerling could have just done uh, like sex in the city version of clueless because it's like oh this is how old alicia silverstone is now this is what she would be doing in new york but instead she's like all right we'll do something like that but they're vampires it's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what we came to see thank Uh you very much oh my
1: gosh
0: uh but yeah, not too much to get into. They kind of, they get straight into the match on this one. They do explain Superfly, Superfly. And I think Vampiro says, or Striker says, anyone can learn. Do your research. Yeah. Mad Stryker kind of mentions that uh, Superfly won. I didn't
1: write it down. And I immediately was like, I should go back and write that down. It was a mask v Match. I think it was Super Supercalo. Ka- uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Super Callow is going to be real sad to hear you say that. No, the match doesn't matter. Like, what did he say? No, yeah, he said uh, it was a mask v. mask match. Uh, A mask wager. The loser of the mask, usually as two luchadors, must take off their mask and lose their identity. And it's very sad. There was a a recent one with uh, uh, Villano and Penta. Pentagon Jr. Just had one at uh, the last AAA show. PGJ. It's always and it's always a big crazy deal because I like, yeah it's, it's the it's literally the end of an era for you. Uh, but that is to say, yeah, Superfly I, uh, looks like he began around 2001, stayed mostly around AAA uh, and, and uh, Mexico. But like, yeah, this, so is in the business has been wrestling professionally for over 10 years at this point. Ogre 10 years. OK, OK, uh, James, I'm
0: going to ask you to follow up on that. You know, like Shrek the mm-hmm. third, the weight is ogre. <laughs> I've been waiting ogre <laughs> 10 years for Shrek 5.
1: Give us Shrek, you cowards. God damn it.
0: John Lithgow, you piece of shit. I'm sure it's his fault. I'm sure it's John Lithgow's fault. Yeah, he's trying to get back it. He's trying to become the dark passenger in Dekka's mind. He's like, hey, the dad can be it and Dekka and sister can be it. Why can't the Trinity Killer be it? yeah and then they're like john
1: we're talking about shrek and he's like i'm not Uh uh uh-huh and then we gotta and we gotta sit down we gotta sit john let down uh and brainwash him
0: he's like uh third rock from the sun the shrek series is a turd cock ya hun yeah he's like third rock from the sun
1: how about third cock on a nun i go into confessionals and i jerk off
0: dude me three the mighty ducks quack 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 Quack, ducks fly together
1: i really did i want to talk about yeah i've not seen superfly before though i uh this is my first time seeing him i really enjoyed watching him what did you uh what did you think of the quare superfly match
0: It's a short one. I liked it, and Drago's in the background looking menacing, but is Mm -hmm. overshadowed by... ogre shadow. Ooh, there we go. Hey. By a teen girl behind him just nervously biting her fingernails during the match. Oh, I didn't see her. It looked at first like she was putting on, uh, like, chapstick, but no, she's, like, biting her cuticles.
1: I wonder how much that is also just, like... Drago, and I love that this is the first like Cuerno. I think at this point twice has been sort of like stalking Dra- uh, Drago. Cuerno would watch from the rafters, and now Drago is finally like, "Hey, fuck that shit! I could also stand up." I like, I like that, I like that twist, I like that uh, turn around is fair play from Drago.
0: What they should have had is him set up on a harness from the rafters, and he has like fake wings flapping to show that he's a dragon.
1: Oh yeah. In case we forgot he was a dragon. Yeah. I Yes, if I trusted the budget of this show to put up a, a safe harness.
0: I would donate. Yeah, if if they had a GoFundMe, then maybe. GoFundMe for dragon wings. Truly. I also love
1: Vampiro kind of nails on commentary. Something I've been saying about uh, Santos Escobar, a.k.a. Uh, El- King Cuerno for a while now. Which uh, he when he just when uh, he says he like caught up with him backstage and he emphasizes that Cuerno's Tope Suicida is like an arrow shot from hell. Everything he does, he does to hurt his opponents. And again, it's just I love how how good he is at really like every move, not just performing the moves, but having every movement of his body sort of play into the story of his character. This elite, efficient hunter. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just doing he's not just doing topes because they're exciting and they're extravagant. He's doing it because it's the most it's a direct path of flying his entire force into his opponent. Like all, all of his drop kicks and all of his knees. He does so many running strikes because it's this direct shot into the opponent. Um, there's even like a, I think he, he it's a back body drop. and I, it's such a small thing, but he like so like yeah, the opponent runs at him, he like he back body drops his opponent and then he leaves his arms in the air. And just like, oh, I fucking love it. It's just, it's, it's so, he's so good at all those little things in addition to the big things. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really feeling King Cuerno. And he wins, baby. Yep. Three minutes, uh, 58 seconds, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, then, excuse
1: me, 28. And then we get that promo for Pentagon. Yep. It's a Pentagon Junior package. Well, we find out he was born in Mexico, traveled to Japan to further his training.
0: Yeah, he was born in Mexico. Then they say he had to go east, far east, like Claremont East. Yeah. That's a joke for R2, and I think that's it.
1: (laughs) Or people who live in Los Angeles. Matt Besser, my friend, will love that joke. He lives in East L.A.? I don't fucking know. I'm not that good friends with them.
0: Okay. I thought you were like a huge improv for humans guy. They talk about, I'm fucking Olive
1: Garden for humans is the only allegiance I have to anything.
0: They're cutting cutting this
1: footage also with Pentagon training in his own personal dojo, it looks like, with uh, various sparring partners. They touch on how he had to embrace the dark arts to survive. It wasn't enough to just be skilled and learn the ways. He must also take those ways and meld them to his own style. Mm-hmm. To create his own uh, unique brand of brutality.
0: Ooh, brutality and bloodshed for all, Gigi Allen style. A hey, a hey, hey, don't talk to me. No, no. Ooh, you've been listening to early shit. So... Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, he's unaffiliated, this and that. And I was like, yeah, stay unaffiliated, guys. Don't get into collectives. Don't try to be a part of something. Stay alone, Wolf. Prowl the night on your own. Until... You get to Olive Garden, because when you're
1: here, you're family, and I ain't letting you leave unaffiliated. You're my family. Get in my car,
0: drink my Corona, we're gonna go hang out with Ludacris. No. Go to Olive Garden, what? ask for a booth in the corner to eat by yourself, and Impossible. bring your own velvet
1: rope. can't be done. You go to a booth, you eat by yourself, you, you just look up for a second. For a second, you look at down your delicious spaghetti, you look up, there is a delicious, lovely lovely old woman out over on the other side of the booth. And she is telling you stories of when you were a baby and you pooped yourself and everybody laughed
0: when you're here. your family. Damn. I'm going to start going there and screaming. Oh my God. You were in Halloween ends. <laughs> Cause your brother. It was your brother. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, one thing I love about this show. I have two notes on it is that because of this, the, the matches don't meander at all. They're like, they feel like they have a start and a finish, and you never see the middle of it. Like, it's all intended to be there. They're not wasting time. They're giving you this spectacle, which is awesome. And I think this is, I, from the other wrestling I have experienced, this might be the perfect introductory wrestling series to show someone. Yeah, I absolutely agree, uh, because it is because like a lot of
1: these guys are established AAA guys, but they're not established in America, so mm-hmm. they're they they are like taking the time to kind of walk you through everyone. No one, there are no sort of like real deep like oh who is this guy? You tune in without knowing anyone. They fill you in real well. It is a everyone is very athletic and very gifted and are also really great at telling the story, not just doing the moves. Like, oh my, the, when we get to the ladder match, I think, I mean, because Mondo, Mondo is probably the most experienced out of all of them. So I assume he put together a lot of those spots, but they tell such a good story. Yeah. Not just exciting. Like, it, in addition to being like, hey, I don't, there's a lot of story. I don't really, I didn't really get it, but it looked real fucking cool. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. That's also there. Like, it really, is why I wanted to do this for this podcast was Lucha Underground. I really, mm-hmm. I believe that as well. This is. It's so easy to kind of pick up and they do a great job like the, the Pentagon junior package Uh, to to go back to that. They really spend the time focusing on how it's not that he's like bad. It's that he had, he learned how to survive his fighting style was learning how to survive. And sometimes learning how to survive is being a little brutal to your sparring partners or teaming up with a Shavo
0: that sexy bastard.
1: Yeah. Like you, you just got to do what you got to do.
0: There might be an issue with it, like this being an introduction of you might never be able to find this high again. It's like when we started Super Sentai, we started with Die Ranger. Don't do that, guys, because Die Ranger fucking rips, and it's very like in all facets of the monster design. There's actual character development with everyone; they all have their own individual story arcs, as well as an overarching story arc that. Trying to find something that equals that or even comes close will be hard. So maybe watch other stuff and then come into this. I don't think this is the
1: best wrestling. I think this is actually the best for introducing of like what is like kind of what can wrestling be? And admittedly, like, yeah, you might like because not everything has been amazing so far. Oh, I think it has. Matt Stryker can suck 10 penises. Well, I know I'm saying wrestling. Even wrestling wise, like there's been a few like uh, okay, okay moments. Even but like like I don't know. I'm I just want to I just want an excuse to go back and watch early TNA like pre Hogan TNA because I think that's also some phenomenal wrestling.
0: Okay, with well, phenomenal stories. As you said yesterday or on uh, straight to Patreon, straight you to wanted Patron. Nicole to come on this show because it's great to see someone who hasn't been watching wrestling for a long time to get their take on stuff. So maybe yeah. right now you're just being someone who has watched a lot of wrestling. I might be, yeah, to say like, this is not my favorite. Like, it's it's great, but like, I'm all, also
1: like, here's the thing, and maybe, you, maybe you'll watch this and you'll be like, oh, I like wrestling. Let me check out some other stuff. And maybe you'll be like, hey, I think I just like this. Either way is fine. I still recommend you
0: start with this. I'll say this is the best sober wrestling oh, to okay. watch like glow fucking rips when you're stoned that's fair i
1: still i'm still gonna say dude you have not seen some of that pre-hogan TNA. right it's fucking great there's a there's a boy who was a shark who went into a coma and woke up and he thought he was stone cold steve austin they put that on television right, and that's it's some great. shit i want to see yeah hell yeah give me your shell yeah because he's a shark so he says shell yeah
0: that's turtles dude fuck
1: Pentagon Jr. is working with Chavo Guerrero now, and it's very sad. I also, it is so funny they gave him this backstory. I, I looked into it. I don't think Pentagon had been in Japan at all yet. And the origin, I was curious, like, are you familiar with the origin of the Pentagon mask? No. So Pentagon essentially came out, uh, was like debuted to be the evil twin of Octagon. Pentagon Jr., the man behind the mask today came back like, they, and there've been like several, several variations of Pentagon. I think that, and octagon. I think at some point there's a lady octagon and a lady pentagon as well. I believe there are because you can play them on this, uh triple a game. Oh fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. And so octagon jr comes out and they're like, shit, we need a new pentagon jr. I, f- I forget who he is. The, the wrestler behind octagon jr. Had a great, has a phenomenal career. Oh, it's samurai. So, excuse me, but it's so funny to see like, and then pentagon jr. Who still wears the pentagon mask. Uh, He goes by Pentel Cerro Mierdo now because AAA owns Pentagon Jr. But he's wearing the same mask just to see like how far he's come like from like, you would never, if you didn't know he was an evil twin of Octagon Jr., you would have never guessed it. Mm -hmm. It's Venom to Spider-Man where like Venom came out to be like, oh yeah, he's like the anti-Spider-Man. And then like everyone just loves, like he very quickly sort
0: of creates his own identity. Yeah. And Pentagon, yeah, is the Venom in this case. And of course, speaking of Pentagon Jr. and his look, Vampiro loves the, loves the aesthetic who looks the most like a juggalo. Of course he does. Vampiro has been down with the clown
1: since for, Vampiro, I heard every time he sports a tent in his pants, AKA a boner, that's the carnival carnage. That's what, that's where it is. It's in Vampiro's boners. Yeah. So, you know, respect that. Vampiro got that thick hog, guys. Check him out in Vampiro, Warrior of the Night. What a movie. Chavo Guerrero Jr. with Pentagon Jr. versus Phoenix with Sexy Star is the next match on the card. Yeah! Not the best Phoenix match, but it's a Phoenix match and a Chavo match, so it's fucking great.
0: Damn, that when Phoenix jumps off to get Chavo, and Chavo just jumps and does, like, a standing drop kick. Oh, man, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, It's that entire,
1: like, the, like closing finish is beautiful
0: and off from the bat it's in stereo truly like it's one side of the auditorium and the other side one screaming let's go chavo the other screaming let's go phoenix you can hear it in stereo and i wish they had cut to danny trejo to see who he was rooting for Ooh, that's a i didn't even think to ask
1: that's a great question we, uh, if anyone knows yeah. Danny Trejo, ask him, who was he Felix rooting for? Phoenix or Chavo? Yeah. Don't even, just ask him, Phoenix or Chavo? I'm guessing know. Chavo.
0: I'm guessing Phoenix. Ooh. I think, I think, I don't know. I just feel like he might have, be, like he might be friends with Chavo. Who,
1: and I feel like everyone wants to be friends with Phoenix because he's cool and he's sexy and he does dope shit. Oh, there's so many just like... The match is beautiful. They tell a great story. It's Chavo again. Again, Chavo and all-arounder, but in Lucha Underground, really focusing on grounding out his opponents. Uh, and Phoenix is kind of untouchable in the air. He's Princess Peach in Smash Brothers Melee. The dude's got aerials. Areolas, too, like Peach. Great nips on this uh, Phoenix here. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to... Think, I, there's just so many... Do, uh, the Meteora, uh, Phoenix jumps off the top with double knees... And like it's supposed to be like two knees to the shoulder of the opponent from the air. Chavo rolls through, grabs a leg, and turns it into a half Boston crab, like a single leg Boston crab.
0: Yeah, and I—he's just like, like, yo, what the fuck? Spreading that cloaca wide on him, huge
1: cloaca opening. This—it's it's like whole match is just fuck. It's weird to—I I get why I get why Penta and Sexy are here. That's really. The, the the real story is kind of between Penta and Phoenix and Sexy and Chavo. Uh, they didn't really do a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were just kind of there. They do mess with, you know, like Pentagon uh, messes with the stage. And of course, like, oh, right. Sexy Star is like, oh, over there. And then the ref's like, what are you talking about? So, and then that's when Chavo's able to get the jump on him. But yeah. And Pentagon is. Leads directly to the finish of
1: the match. Yeah. The reason Chavo wins, spoilers, is because Pentagon interferes.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So I'll rephrase. I don't know why Sexy Star is here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but after winning, Vampiro's like, yeah, you want to know what? Good on Chavo. And Matt Stryker's saying, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, Phoenix was being arrogant. He was showing off, trying to display his power. But... Chavo took his opportunity. Like, I'll be taking my opportunity when Chavo isn't looking at that duffel bag of his.
1: Take an absolute dump in that turd's bag. Do you trust Vamp? I would say I don't think I trust Vampiro to like when he breaks that down. Just to, to say Phoenix has been arrogant. I don't know if I trust Vampiro that Phoenix is being arrogant. I think anytime a newer person kind of comes in, there is a common thread of like veteran entitlement where, like, oh, you're the newer guy. I've been here for years. You have to look up to
0: me. I wouldn't say arrogant. Vampiro would. I don't think he used those words. What I think he was trying to get across was Phoenix had openings to pin and take down Chavo, but he wanted to make a display of like, I am stronger than you. You are mm-hmm. old hat. Get out of here. Which is also
1: part of, but that's which is also part of Phoenix's style is to no, I know what my finisher is. I will. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pin you until I hit my finish. Let's. Just, what he is doing is just soaking in the match. He is not thrusting. No, nope. he is leaving. <laughs> case you you're wondering like they're not talking about that soaking we absolutely are talking uh-huh. about that soaking and if you're wondering what is that soaking listen to the last episode just don't google it please you don't want that porn hubbit yeah this match was fun um i also love just like the one last spot i fucking loved uh they go chavo goes for the monkey flip and instead phoenix ter- catches him puts chavo on the top rope you think like oh wow it's gonna be a superplex or something crazy he jumps on the top rope and just kicks chavo in the head Mm -hmm. it's amazing he just super kicks the fuck out of chavo on the top rope i've never seen it before i loved it i love this match
0: uh chavo
1: wins chavo wins actually right after that move that's when uh chavo falls down phoenix climbs to the top rope sexy i don't know what she's talking to the referee about I don't know why she's on the apron, but she gets on the apron and distracts the referee so Penta can dump off Phoenix, which sets up Chavo for his frog splash and the dub at 5 minutes, 43 seconds. Post-match, Sexy Star is not done with Chavo because she says, Chavo, I'm not done with you. Wow. Oh, Blue Demon is coming? She's, she's just like, she never says Blue Demon, she just says he's coming. He's coming back for chavo, you pendejo, and it's very cool. I can't wait to see Blue Demon Jr. I can't wait to see Brian Cage as well, which
0: is the next part of the show. Sean, yes, James. Cage is not strong because he works out. No, he is not quick because he runs fast. Mm-mm. He wins simply because he wants it more. What? <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't explain why he's fast. He doesn't explain why he's strong. He says why he's not. But then he's just like, and I win because I simply want it more. Yeah, it's... I don't think there's anything wrong with this character
1: of... I'm not special. I don't have superpowers. I think that's the big thing is, like, I don't have... Because we're kind of seeing bits and pieces of superhero or superpowers, sort of supernatural things are happening in the temple. So to be the character, that's like, I don't have anything supernatural. I'm just a guy who really wants it and works hard for it. But conceptually, I'm fine with that. Actual structurally, anytime you start off anything like a, like a public speaking appearance, you start off with a bunch of negatives is
0: weak. Yeah, this, like, if that sentence I just said, which is verbatim, if that yeah. were a Jeopardy clue, people would be like, I, what is, uh, I don't be anything, know. Because you don't
1: say what it is, you say what it's not. Yeah. And if, so like, if he started off, even if you just start off with, I'm not a man, I'm a machine. Tell us what you are. Yeah. like this thing, if, if, if we even get like one line of like something like, I'm strong, I want to win. And then you go into like the, I'm not a superhero. I don't have super strength. I don't have super speed. I don't have optic eye lasers that I get from a portal from the sun dimension. I don't have any, like, but tell it, but who are you? You still, you have to open up with who are you as the hook so that I'll go, cause I would go on the ride of, and I'm not anything special. I love blue collar. I'm just a dude gimmicks. I, I do. I think, I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the epitome of blue collar. I'm just a dude, right? John Moxley is doing something like that now. Wolverine to an extent, as far as like when you like come to superheroes, is a very blue collar. I'm kind of just a guy. He does have abilities, but like at the end, but like who Wolverine is, he's kind of just a guy. This can work, but it's just like structurally.
0: Yeah. He says an incomplete statement. That is what this promo is. Just a run on incomplete statement. Yeah, he gets better, I bet. Oh, we'll but see. Sean, at this time, they said, hey, it's our main event. I was like, wow, I must be have this went by fast. And then I looked and I said, oh, no, there's what do you mean? there's yeah. 26 minutes left. Uh oh. I was just talking about how matches don't meander. They, like, they feel fast. So I was scared for this match.
1: Oh, baby birds. But and all the sweet baby birds going into this. Don't be afeared. Don't be afeard? Don't be afeared. <laughs> let, 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 let the beautiful warriors of the temple take you by the hand and lead you down a beautiful primrose path of violence. But,
0: guys, this match fucking ripped. Big Rick versus Johnny
1: Mundo versus Prince Puma with Conan for $100,000 in a briefcase above the ring ladder match
0: style, baby. I th- I think the next episode is going to start this how I thought this was going to end, which is it's going to start with in the locker room. Johnny Mundo opens up the briefcase and it there's nothing. There's an I.O.U. in there. It's just like to... I feel like this was to get his key back, and that's how it was set up of like, hey, give me the key, and then we're all set. Hey, hand the key, open it up. Holy shit, he got the key for nothing. I think there's not going to be anything in there. I think there will be because I think the money
1: itself is the red herring. Right? Like, like if Dario, if Dario Cueto doesn't pay off uh, – doesn't we kind to jump to the end, Johnny uh, Mundo, who's still holding the key for the insurance, the quote unquote insurance policy against Dario. He's holding his key. Uh, he wins the match. He gets. He finally gets his hundred k. He was promised from the beginning of the show. This all, but that this whole hundred k is the is a red herring. Like Dario doesn't really care about the money at all. He cares has about money. that key. He cares about that key. So like, if he doesn't, we'll see if he doesn't pay Johnny the mon- the money. Johnny's still gonna be hunting him for the key. Yeah, but he still the has one thing he the doesn't key. Want. No, he gives him the key back. Oh, he does? Yeah. The uh, so the match ends. It's uh, Dario comes out. It's fucking great. Uh, Johnny has a briefcase, and Dario's like, "Okay, great. Do you have your money? Now give me my key." And Johnny's I thought like, he just oh. punches him. No, no. He's like, there's this big thing of like, will he? Won't he? He takes the key, puts him in the hand, and he does knock out Dario with like a loaded fist with the key in his hand. But he
0: leaves the key on his chest when oh, he leaves okay. the rink. Yeah, like uh, I leave steamy dumps on the chest that is a duffel bag. Don't by Chavo Guerrero, you
1: sexy motherfucker. Like I, and I love that. I love that this whole that 100K has been a distraction the whole time. It's not about the 100K at all. Dario's paying everyone. It's about this key and about the more sinister things that like even the commentary team's
0: like, what the fuck is that key? I wanna know. I still don't think there's money in there. But what would that accomplish? I would hate that as a decision, I think. I I think and then like that he's going to go try to steal the key and uh oh, it's hidden now. Who's gonna steal the key? Mundo's gonna go back and try to steal the key, but he can't find it. Like it's no longer I, around his neck. But then why wouldn't he pay him the hundred K? He doesn't want to spend money on these ads. Like it's already been established. He does not want to spend money. And if you keep if I don't know if that's been established. Because now he doesn't now he doesn't have to pay Big Rick the the bonus. Cause in that fine print it was, hey, you need to win this match to get that. Now he doesn't need to, to pay that either. He's a scumball. He needs that for cocaine hes It's never been
1: about money, and I like it so much more, because also this storyline is not about the money. So for us, for him to not get it, it keeps that story open, when it really, there's nowhere else for this story to go, the 100K storyline. There's a lot of places for the key storyline to go, and I do, and we should be focusing, we should be shifting focus onto the key. And by leaving the 100, and by leaving the 100K open, we don't get to
0: put as much focus on the key. I think this will then set out motion of, okay, now I'm all about the key. Who, fuck getting my money back. I'm going to take what you really want, this key now, and then that'll set off motions for that. And we could do that so much cleaner if we close the if we close the money storyline. I think they're going to do it beautifully. There's going to be no money in there, and then Sean's going to weep crocodile be tears.
1: Because so, you're putting you're there is such a problem with like long storylines, like movies, TV shows, wrestling, comics of just of just like keeping things open for the sake of keeping something open when it when at that point it detracts. Like yeah. if, if 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 you're telling a long story with a lot of moving parts, you need to be very you need to clarify your focus when you want to focus on something.
0: Yeah, and let's clarify our focus right now to this match, and let's finish this up because okay, we yeah, yeah. have four minutes to do it. This is a great match.
1: There's so many fucking beautiful spots. It opens up. Rick, Rick and John. Rick, Rick and Johnny and uh, Puma. Yeah uh pretty early on, I th- I feel like almost immediately after Rick gets dumped out by Puma and uh Johnny, he calls on Cisco and Cortez. so it's like this three on two match at times. Mm-hmm. but not even really is three on one on one. It's and, and at first, like you tell me about that this is a great this should be this could be an amazing Puma and uh Johnny match. just one v one ladder. yeah, do you put in big Rick, who's like not really a ladder performer. He needs two of them. And, and then you had these two guys and you're like, oh, this is going to get, I was so afraid it was going to get too messy. And it was going to be like, no, it was handled, I think, beautifully. Uh huh. Cortez, Cortez and Cisco come out pretty early. So you're not waiting. Like this thing, if they had this beautiful match and they just kind of come out towards the end, which a lot of wrestling does, I feel like that would have felt cheap. It yeah. would have felt like we watched this beautiful match and then like, oh, I guess everything we saw didn't matter because here comes Cisco and. That's not what they do, though. They come out pretty early and are involved in the entire match. Like the, and they don't really. They're not great at what they do, (laughs) which is awesome because like they're heels and we're really excited. Like they're putting the rocket on Puma and Johnny, so for them to like just keep overwhelming these three dudes is fucking great. Uh, they eat so many crazy fucking spots. They get the fucking tables, the ladders. It's I'm actually I'm try, I'm like scrolling down. I took I took too many notes, but there's so many beautiful spots on this fucking match.
0: They dive through the the ladder Puma does. That was beautiful like in outside oh of the gosh. ring. That was yeah. dope.
1: Yeah, I love Johnny on the outside climbs a ladder to put Cisco through a table. It's like all on the outside. Cisco's on the table, Johnny climbs up the ladder. Puma out of nowhere like springboards from the ropes oh no yeah springboards up onto the ropes so he's just standing on the top ropes like not in the corner just like on the top rope kind of balancing himself with the ladder and and it just pulls johnny off and guillotines him on the top rope it's fucking brutal
0: mm-hmm. we also need a term you know like dad bod you got like a gut a little bit hanging out from like your pants area if you have your shirt off we need a term for it's not a gut hanging it's muscle hanging because big rick has that it's just like hard muscle like muffin top and it's like dude you are ripped boy hell yeah stud muffin oh okay yeah there we go also we
1: gotta talk about the buster the buster keaton spot is that the the oh dental work Uh, no, that is, I think it's, I think it's a Buster Keaton movie. It might, it it might be a Charlie Chaplin, but I think it's Keaton. There is a famous, there's a famous, uh, sort of moment in, uh, in uh, a silent film comedy history where they're putting together a house and the front of the house falls down. Mm. And I think it's Keaton who's just kind of like, it should crush Keaton to death, but he's standing exactly where the window is. Yeah. So it just kind of falls around him. They do that with the ladder and Puma. And it's a fucking great They straight up do. I've never, I've never seen this in a ladder match before. And I, whoever came up with that spot deserves a a bonus on this spot immediately. That is so
0: fucking cool.
1: Johnny throws a ladder and Puma's just like, Oh, and then he, Oh, he's a little
0: tramp and I love him. I'm sorry. We also see a lot of people's just like backs go straight onto these ladders. And like, obviously that hurts. And I, I figured out a brilliant business idea. Okay. Rubber-coated ladders. And this this solves a lot of shit. One, the, the, mm. the, the, slippery, the slippiness of it. I'm always worried about slippy ladders. Uh, no, for real. Like, walking up and just instead of having someone hold the ladder for it to, like, move and slip. If there's rubber on the bottom, that's going to grab cement much more than just metal at the bottom. Also yeah, maybe you're hanging up lights and it's rainy outside. Rubber isn't it's a it's a not a conductor. It's the opposite. You're not going to get electrocuted on top of a ladder now. And most importantly, when you're wrestling with your buddies, you're not going to get just it's still gonna hurt a little, but it's not going to be jagged edge of metal. It's going to be a little bit of soft cushion plus metal. Of a a guy like you're not using a metal dildo most of the time. You're using like a silicone rubber outline on top of some metal.
1: Yeah, by these ladders, James Selena you can fuck yourself with the ladder. you that too. You could do that. I fucking love this match. I
0: there. I fucking love this match. I fucking love this match. Speak. Uh, yes. So like, uh, the, speaking of this match, Sean, you mm. need to find a woman who will just talk trash to a man like Big Rick while she is in the crowd because there is a woman who's just like, stay the fuck down, you piece of shit. And it's like, yeah, that's the kind of lady Shonathan needs.
1: There's the dueling chance for Chavo and uh, Phoenix earlier. There is no dueling chance for this. Like, And they, and they are loud. This is a uh-huh. very, this is a very loud crowd for how much they fucking hate Big... Which... Of course. You brought two dudes who were not in this match. Why? Are, who? Te- you can't get disqualified. Technically, they can climb the ladder for you, which yeah. he tries to get them to do a couple of times. I love that. Oh, I love that final spot where Big Rick's alone in the ring with his two goons, and he's playing defense when they climb the ladder, but Johnny is just too Johnny and fucking absolutely gets the- Also, can we talk about how Big Rick needs two ladders to climb? Yeah and gets booted in the nuts for uh-huh.
0: another spot.
1: I have never seen. I think it's, it's hard to say. I've never seen them. I can't say no one has ever Buster Keaton their way through a ladder match before. But so, yeah, Big Rick's on two ladders. Johnny's kind of climbing him. And and I, and I love it that it's not, he's not just sitting there waiting for him. Big Rick is trying to punch Johnny, but he just stays out of range. He just keeps, like, they're mm-hmm. still fighting for it. And again, so those spots are great, but it's also those little things in between that, like, tell the story. Yeah. And so what he does is, like, he can't get up to the ladder. Big Rick's reach is too long. He can't climb up, and he already has a, a position of power. If he climbs any higher, he's going to get punched. So what he does is, Big Rick's, again, he's so big, he needs two ladders. Johnny kind of pulls them apart just enough mm-hmm. to get that opening and takes him to Dick Kick city so fucking oh. good. Yeah. Like, yeah. You made him do the splits on the ladder so you could kick him in the groin? What is this match? It's so fucking good. I wonder how much... It feels like a lot of this is Johnny. Because every Mundo has always been a very, well, what can we do that has not been seen before style performer? And this match has so many spots like that. Of just like, wow, Yeah, we've seen a lot of people get put through a table, never quite like that.
0: Yeah. Or like when the ladder is positioned on the ring a little bit and on a table a little bit, and Big Rick, a tall-ass man, like, straight-armed at above him, is holding Prince Puma, and just uh, props on his accuracy, throws him onto this ladder, and it just breaks right in half. Yeah, absolutely. Like, lands beautifully.
1: And it's so... It's- you see some of these matches. Sometimes the objects don't break when they should. It breaks so clean. It breaks so. It, it, it's a beautiful broken ladder spot. This match is fucking. This is a really. I understand like knowing like knowing Big Rick was in the match and knowing Castro and Cisco were going to get involved. I also had reservations. Like I was okay with being like, oh yeah, it's twenty minutes. It's a ladder match. Like I'll give it time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do that. But I was worried about like all
0: the interference. It was done so well. This match is so good. You also, in the crowd as you're seeing it, there is a corner that is clearly like, hey, this is the wrestling internet corner because it is all white dudes with flannels on. Beanies and beards, like that not could just be the Los Angeles corner. Uh, well, uh, yes, but like it, that's clearly like one area full of them. And then there was this dude who looked like he was drunk, just like when Johnny Mundo was punching the shit out of someone, and it was right in, right on the ground floor. And this dude was like, yeah, "Oh yeah!" It was fucking great. And then my last note is vampiro's talking about like yeah man it doesn't matter like how many twitter followers you have this that like you it it matters how well you are in the ring and he says it doesn't matter how over your podcast is sean we have not in it doesn't matter we don't get a lot of listens yeah. vampiro guess what you doomed yourself to be on this goddamn Use. show stupid motherfucker vampiro uh-huh. you played yourself without you played
1: yourself back in 2014 without even realizing it yep. now you got to answer my dumb questions about your clitoris no. vampiro get on here we're going to ask him how much was
0: cut from that movie
1: yeah and and i'm going to i, I want to ask him i i, I want to ask him about his clitoris
0: i do have another note that says socks and then in quotations, check this out. I don't know what Sox was telling me to, oh, I think Sox, like, started, like, jumping around and shit. And I was like, oh, Sox is seeing this wrestling stuff. Like he saw us watching Super Sentai and then him and Butter started beating the shit out of each other. Fucking hey,
1: Your cats are crazy. This match is crazy. This night's crazy. Everything's crazy in a beautiful men- meld of
0: chaos. Sean, stop moving in your chair. Every time you do, there is a noise. Yeah, fuck you.
1: So that was the mat That was the episode. That was- this is Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. It's fucking, it's a podcast. We're going to get your ass out here, you son Chill. of a bitch. I love
0: you. We're gonna have you talk about uh, "Don't sl- the Dead Sleep Soon" or whatever it's called, and Vampiro, Night Warrior. Guys, check it out on Amazon Prime. Then go over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, where if you sign up for $10, you'll be able to listen to our discussion of that. Nicole's on it too. It's a straight to Patreon, some of the funniest stuff we're doing, and it's behind not just a paywall, but the highest tiered paywall you can get. So check that out. But a lot of other funny stuff over on patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, where for $5 a month, you get new podcasts every single Friday. The Akiba Ranger episode we just put out, very, very fun. Money, the Death from Above with Presley, super funny. Great stuff over there. And if you're a ten dollar patron, you get shout outs on every single free feed podcast. So let's begin with those, starting with Steve F, Eric Berry I of Ranger looks Command. Just
1: like pa- me. Oh nope, we're not doing this bit this week. Okay. Uh, no, no,
0: we don't have time. Eric Berry okay. of Ranger Command Power Hour. Alex Z the Waz. Orion, he's a rapper. Defo D hyphen F O. Kayla A K A Two Grapes. Jordan B the Chaos Witch. My Bickle, my brother and common law Joshua kiss or I mean Joshua kiss Steve Barnes of Sweet Child of Time. Go to listen to that podcast, uh, mother bitches. And speaking of mothers, oh my God, it's my mom. And then finally Lil Corey's B F F and roommate Shane. Also check. Sean out on this week's episode of Formulaic, where he's playing Shaggy Rogers. Or at twitch.tv slash GooseVK.
1: The person who said that was me. Hi, I'm Sean. And that was James. And
0: we've been
1: Sweaty Time time Pro Wrestling. Wrestling. Johnny's gonna be pink blood for a week.
0: See you, mother bitches. Bye. Oh
1: yeah!